Welcome to the Intentional Parents Podcast. Intentional exists to help parents in their God-given task to raise passionate Jesus followers. We exist to bring hope, help, and healing to families. Each week, we will talk about anything from parenting, marriage, lifestyle, and what it looks like to follow Jesus in our time. Intentional is made up of Phil and Diane Comer and Brooke and Elizabeth Moser. I am Brooke, and the funny thing is, we are all family. Elizabeth is Phil and Diane's daughter, so we're a family figuring this thing out together. We hope this podcast feels like you're sitting with us in our home talking about how to do this thing called life together. Elizabeth and I are your hosts. Let's get into this week's podcast. So welcome today. Uh, We are going to talk about something that is really fun um, and really helpful, I think, as parents, and that's goals and and even specifically goals versus values is something we're going to try to touch on today. Um, But I am here with my lovely wife, Elizabeth and Phil and Diane. Uh, As we say in our intro, we're a family and we're figuring Mm -hmm. this out together. And so uh, we're just going to sit and have a conversation about some goals and values. So Phil and Diane, uh, because you guys have been at this a lot longer and you've had some time to think through goals and values and what the purpose is behind not only raising passionate Jesus followers, but really what your goal is in that, um, take us through kind of your process and how you actually have come up with goals and what some of the goals should be uh, as young parents as we look into this time of our life and try to figure out this whole thing called parenting. Yeah, you know, as we were putting the uh, the Intentional Parenting Conference together, uh, we have a section called Goals Versus Values. And, and what we really realized is there's really, for us, one primary goal and then all kinds of values. And uh, I looked up the dictionary definition of what, what a goal is. And one of the phrases was the terminal point of a race or the finish line. Hmm. So if I'm, I'm going to run a half marathon, which I'm not, <laughs> you guys ran a full marathon. <laughs> yes, we did. Never we, did. See we, did. You remember? That. we did that. And didn't you say you'd never do it again? Oh, <laughs> one and done. Yep. Yeah, we, yeah, we yep. ran the San Francisco half marathon. No, full marathon. Yeah. It was such a dark time. I forgot For how long it was. <laughs> yes. But your goal was to finish, right? Uh, yeah. And you know what? So, we, we, we did. did. And I'll say this in front of everyone. Elizabeth beat me by 10 minutes. I did. And she did. has never, ever let me forget that. Nope. Um, and I'm proud of her. But no, I remember that. So yeah, it's a, it's so, a finish so, line. Yeah, yeah. So when we're raising kids as followers of Jesus, we said, what's our goal? What, what are we trying to do? And, uh, and so for us, it was like, we want our sons and daughters to follow the way of Jesus. We, we want them to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength and to follow him, whatever they end up doing in life, whether they're married or not married, whether whether they're a PhD or a plumber, that they have this genuine walk with God and that, and that their sins have been forgiven. And for us as parents, we love our kids. We want to be with them forever because it's about eternal life. I mean, I didn't know Jesus growing up. Diane didn't either. And so the reality is once you meet Jesus, you're going to be with him forever, for all mm. eternity. So don't you want the people that are closest to you to be there? That's why when we get saved, we start praying for our parents and our yeah. kids or whatever. And so, you know, Jesus in John 10, he said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give eternal life to them. They'll never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. So I was like, I want John Mark and Rebecca and Elizabeth and Matthew to be with me forever. And so, so that means they've got to give their life to Jesus, accept his forgiveness uh, and, and, and follow him as King and Lord. 
and and then find God's story for them to walk yeah. in. And so that's the parent's job is to, is to partner with God because God wants this for them even more to ignite a flame of spiritual passion yeah. in your heart. So, but a lot of Christian parents they, they they have a lot of good values, but they haven't really thought through the goal. I remember we were teaching yes. our conference member babe in uh, Lake Oswego, mm-hmm. and this guy shot his hand up because you're not talking about education. And I remember saying, no, we're not, because we're talking about spiritual training of your children. Education is important, but yeah. but if your kid gets three PhDs but ends up not with the Lord forever, ends up in hell, what what will have happened? So we, yeah. we wanted our kids to, to be saved, to know the Lord, and then we wanted them to hear the same words from Jesus that we want to hear one day. Well done, good and faithful servant. So it's like that was our goal. Yeah. And then and, and and whenever whenever that happens. The sooner the better. But when you start raising little kids, you kind of want to reverse engineer and say, okay, my kid is three now, or now he's five now. So what do I need to do now, knowing that this is the finish line? Yeah, it changes. I wanted to cross. So, changes, and that's yeah. God's finish line, too. I mean, you know, way back in Deuteronomy 6. So, Diane, what, yeah, give us, help us understand a little bit of that in, in your perspective of the values and goals. How, how did you guys discern what, between the two, because you know, I think some some people think yes. the goal is like you use the example of education, Phil. I think a lot of people, even listening to this, a value of them of their family is going to be to say, "Hey, I want my kids to go to a prestigious college, get a good education, and be sent off well into the world." Which is a great value. Which is a great value, but but I mean, many people listening probably would say that that's a that's a goal, and so. Um, so it's good. You're kind of flipping this on its head. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I want to kind of understand the difference between well, a value I'll and a goal. I'll let Diane talk about that. But our definition of value is something that's important to you right. as opposed mm-hmm. to the finish And line. even more, something you're willing, a value is something that's so important to you that you're willing to make some significant sacrifices to see if you can make this a part of your, chi- part of your child's life. And, and when you keep your goal that they l- would love the Lord their God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. Hmm. Because for us, having grown up in literally in some s- kind of darkness, being without Jesus is kind of is depressing. So we wanted our kids to avoid that and grow up really in the light and the love of Jesus regardless of where they went educationally or or with sports or even more than conduct. We wanted to see kids, we felt like conduct was going to fall into place if their love for God was just cement solid. Yeah. That they yeah. really fell in love with him as savior and master and they understood how great God is. We kind of felt like a lot of life's behavior and attitudes would fall into place after that. Yeah. Wow. So, but the values were the things that were important to us. And we came to realize really early in our marriage that our values, much as our goals were the same, to follow hard yeah. up to Jesus in every area of our lives and fall more and more deeply in love with him, our values were so different. Yeah. And it was most often our values that we would argue that Phil and I would get into arguments about that we couldn't solve because yeah. we were so sure we were right. Give, give us like a fun example or maybe not so fun example of what a value that you Phil had versus one that you had, Diane, where there was just a clash. <laughs> <laughs> How much time do you have on this podcast? Yeah. Uh, you, you should tell them about, uh, before you do that though, I love something you just said. You said um, we were both walking in darkness. And we wanted our kids to experience the love and light of Jesus, which reminded me of what Jesus said in John 8, 12. I'm the light of the world. He who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Well, 
everybody wants that for their kids. I don't want yeah. my kid fumbling around trying to figure out life and messing up and sure God heals and he restores. But no, Jesus said, hey, follow me. I'm the light of the world. Yes. So we wanted that for our kids because we didn't have it and we know what the darkness looks like. But um, I remember I was traveling a lot for Luis Palau and Matthew was just the cutest little four-year-old, five-year-old, big blue eyes. I mean, we go into a restaurant and you know, girls that were 22 serving would look at his eyes and go, oh, he has the most beautiful eyes. I go, yeah. the girls are already smitten. He's only four. But <laughs> I would come home and I just want to have a party. Like I've been traveling. Let's yeah. stay up late and watch an old Walt Disney movie and make some popcorn. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and, and by then sugar. you've gotten everything organized, yes. right? Yeah. So when Phil would travel for his job, um, my stress response was to have everything on an exact schedule and running very smoothly, everything Perfectly. Do you know planned. anything? I, I know a little bit about that. I, I always like, tell him when you're gone, the house stays perfect. Yeah, all I the think time. she eats the same meals. Like when I'm traveling, I think yeah, she has the same sure. meals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I know. That's why yes. Phil and I, you and I need yeah, to stay but, together. But, but only two of the kids are, are like that. And you're married to one of them. Uh, yeah. The other two are the ones Sorry, that have babe. fun. <laughs> well, I still really like her. So I still but really I, I like values her. Values become a source of conflict. I think we have learned that really all through the hard way, all through our mistakes, is is that some of our values as parents, our children will not and should not adopt as their own. And when I'm talking about values, I'm not talking really about moral values, but just the way we like to do life. I mean, it's important mm. to me that I do life with structure and order and um, a sense of calm. That's yeah. really important. To me. That is not at all important to Phil. It's nowhere yeah. near on his list. He wants to do life fun. Yeah, Everything mm -hmm. needs to be a really fun experience yes. for the kids. Together, that's a dynamic great way to do a home yeah but as you know there's a lot of conflict in coming to the realization my way is not necessarily the right way yeah and i'm oh. still yeah. choke on those words <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is if your goal is the same yes. you can work through the values yeah but if you're not even yeah. sure about the goal I mean, you're in trouble yeah because you've got to be on the same page what are we trying to do and where are we headed yeah and the i think that's so something yeah that's something that i think a lot of parents i know even until elizabeth and i had talked with you more um we we realized there was a lot of things uh, similar to you. If you listen to the the first podcast, um, Elizabeth and I have had a lot of similarities, and we haven't had to work extra hard to have kind of the same vision for life. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not yeah. everyone's story, and yeah. everyone listening might go, "Well, that's nice," but that's not my story. And whether your story is that you naturally share the same vision or not, I do think the concept that you're sharing could be really helpful in getting you closer to the same page. Because what I really hear you saying, and I know there's been our experience too, is that when you actually share that same goal, a lot of your life vision together as a couple, as a married couple, which is like a whole marriage uh, teaching in itself, of your focus together becomes focusing on Jesus together, which does help some of those differences but i mean like in our life honey how how does that kind of worked out for for us in your opinion i'm just going to ask you any any answer that you have is yeah is you good. know i think you're right to say that we we have had a similar goal and that that's not ever been an area of tension for us of wanting to live our lives as disciples of jesus and wanting to raise our kids that way and i really think that it took us a lot of years to put language on the fact that we have differing values. And some of them are very similar 
and are easy to to parent together. And some of them are different and in and can at moments feel opposing to each other. Just a little. And just a little. <laughs> um, but I think it took us years to to really see that they're just different. They're not wrong. They're just different values yeah. from mm-hmm. whether it's upbringing or our natural bent and tendencies. I need a clean house for various reasons that are very different <laughs> from him enjoying a house that um, looks picked up but doesn't necessarily have to be clean. Um, I'm all about that exterior you know, life. And they're, you know, as they're, long as the exterior looks yep, good. Yep. <laughs> But I think for us, it was really, really, and you know, you wrote a whole chapter on this in the Intentional Parenting book that was really helpful for us the first time we went to the conference in sitting down and you asked all of us to break up for a couple minutes and and each individual, each mom and dad, list out their top five values. Yeah. And I, for me, that was like, you gave a long list of examples. That was really hard for me it to narrow hard. it down yeah, to what I are remember. my top five? I don't know. I have a ton of values. Yeah. And then to see what do I think Brooke is going to pick? And they were really different than yeah. mine. And so to move from- I don't even I think remember first, what they I don't were. Remember, I, I, don't, I, I mean, I think we exactly. have similar values now, but I mean, I think it'd yeah. be good for us to even go back and write that down. But I think first- we had to begin with recognizing what are my values? Like what do I, what is actually important to me Mm -hmm. that I want my kids to carry out someday? And what is important to my husband? And then come together and us talk about it Mm. and me be able to explain why something is of such strong importance to me and him as well. And us to be able to create space for that, to recognize I need to honor him by when he's teaching Duke, um, to work hard. That uh-huh. is, and that that's actually a shared value that we both have. But yeah. um, to to give him space and time to be able to really take a moment and to pause, even if it's inconvenient, and to really explain to Duke what that looks like in that moment, is something that I need to create space for and respect, even if it might be something that's different than mine. I can't think of an example right now mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Is, is super different than a value that I have, although I'm sure there's a ton. No, but one thing I, I hear you saying, I think in, in Phil and I, and this is where a gift that I see that you gave to your kids, and I've been able to evaluate this firsthand because Matthew, their youngest, was 12 mm-hmm. when I showed up on yeah, the scene. Yeah. So, you know, Matthew's one of my best friends and one of the best people I know still to this day. And mm-hmm. I just, I love that that man so much. But he was a boy when I met him. And what's really been interesting, it was fun for me to kind of sit and have a front seat to see what you did with your kids, which I think is honestly something that um, whether you stumbled across it or is one of those spirit-filled gifts that God gave you, was to help them really know what they're good at, know what they're Mm -hmm. bad at. Um, Mm -hmm. And not through critique, but through like, hey, son, I just don't see you being a professional basketball player. So we're not going (laughs) to spend all this time, energy and money Mm -hmm. on uh, basketball right now. But, you know, I see you being really good at uh, drawing and design. Maybe maybe you want to step into this field. Um, And the reason I bring all that up is because I think a lot of people, at least in Elizabeth and I's generation, or maybe in our stage, didn't necessarily, not every parent and not a lot of parents even think to say, how can I help my kids even know 
what their values should be. Mm -hmm. And so before you can kind of even know what are my values and what should our values be, I think even a step back, which I've been finding, is you have to even find out for yourself, what do I actually value? You know, because yeah. every yeah. every family of origin is going to have a different um, bent. Mm -hmm. So just thinking through that too, maybe before you even make a list together, maybe you have to go away for just an hour or two and go, what are the things that I actually value in life? And maybe even asking those who you love and respect and yeah. have interest in your life to say, what do you see are some of my values? And I think even a step further than that with each of those individual values, asking yourself, where does that come from? Mm -hmm. Where did that value that I feel so strongly about is that from maybe a past wound? Is that mm -hmm. from something that maybe I'm not naturally good at, but is important to me that I want to grow in? And so yeah. therefore I want to instill it in my kids. You know, I know for me, one thing that is a high value to me is I want to raise kids who know how to advocate for themselves, who mm -hmm. know first yeah. what they feel yeah. <laughs> we had and that how conversation to be this able morning. to uh -huh. advocate for themselves. Yeah. And, as, and that comes from the fact that I was naturally really shy. Mm -hmm. So to walk up to a counter at a restaurant and ask for a napkin was like mm. the worst <laughs> thing anybody <laughs> ever could have asked of me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something that I'm so thankful that my parents taught me how to do. You know, but Elizabeth, you were kind of thrust into that role <laughs> as a really little girl. Don't you remember as as I was losing my hearing when yeah. you were, I mean, it started really right after you were born. And by the time you were able to advocate for yourself, yeah. you were forced into listening for me in public mm -hmm. places. And, and, and that's been kind of an interesting dynamic of how wow. God has put that value on yeah. you, not natural to you, but you were forced into that role to be able to help me to listen in public wow. and hear and even make phone calls for me. I yeah. remember saying to you, you were going to make a phone call for a doctor's appointment or something and telling you to lower your voice so <laughs> you'd sound that. more adult <laughs> yep. because yep. I could this use a telephone at that point. Oh, so yeah. our values do grow out of our stories and that's yeah. good. But when we talk about goals versus values, also we have to realize that our kids shouldn't adopt every one of our values because yeah. you can't take it's too much i yeah. mean and it's, it's okay reminder. if my mm -hmm. kids decide that having a perfectly ordered color coordinated closet is not a rush for them okay it's okay <laughs> if my kids are a little messy because they actually feel that they can get more done in life if they're not having to go back and spend as many hours as i did <laughs> if i could count up the hours i spent in my life organizing oh my goodness that's a lot of time i didn't get to spend with people yeah, yeah. And so not a, every one of my values is not something my children will catch it's the goal yeah. That every one of our children, every one of us in our family, we love the Lord our God with our all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we are becoming who God wants us to be. We're a long way from from where we mm -hmm. hope to be someday. But that's the goal. And the, mm -hmm. when we talk about values, we talk mostly about making sure those values, like my value of having the house so perfect, doesn't come and ahead of that goal, that it doesn't get in the way of that goal. Mm. Because yeah. if I associate my value of having my house clean and perfect with Jesus, and they don't share the value of having being so uptight, honestly, <laughs> about the house as I was, Cleanliness we don't want to get mixed up. That's not a Jesus value. That's the way I like to do life. Yeah, The Jesus value is that you follow him and that yes. you love him and that you understanding more and more 
who he's made you to be. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, that Dallas Willard quote that we were talking about earlier. Yes. That's it's not it's not important. It's not so much important what you do as who you are becoming. Yes. You know, it's, yes. we might all do yes. things in a different way, whether right. that's regarding to values. But it's really yes. who you are becoming, the kind of person, mm -hmm. the kind of character is what mm -hmm. I hear you saying. Yeah. And I, I, one thing you said that I thought was really interesting that I never picked up until this moment was you were saying, I, I connected that Elizabeth's value for having our kids advocate uh -huh. for themselves uh -huh. came from a place where a real practical need and almost yes. an area of suffering when you started losing yes. your hearing, which we'll mm -hmm. talk about in future podcasts mm -hmm, when you yeah. went deaf. Um, and to realize that that is such a value, you know, maybe at that moment you were worried about scarring your child, like, oh, this is going to ruin her life. She's having to advocate for me yeah. and having to help me. You know, I, mm -hmm. I know as a parent, you worry mm -hmm. sometimes about what's the stuff that we're going to push onto our kids. And, mm -hmm. and you know, we worry yeah. about that. But to yeah. see how God like worked yes. that moment that could have been your biggest worry or fear on your kids yeah. and turned it into this mm -hmm. beautiful thing. Now your daughter mm -hmm. values. Yeah. Hey, I want to teach my kids how to advocate for themselves. Mm -hmm. And that really does, honey, that comes from you. I mean, I, I do value that. I share that value with her, but I, I don't lead the charge in advocacy like she does. She's yeah. very much like, yeah. even today we were having a conversation this morning and Duke was feeling a little sick. He's like, yeah, we were talking about we why. We were trying he, to convince him that he needed to go to school. Yeah, okay. that's what was happening. Okay. He was trying to actually figure out what was making him so nervous. And so as we started talking about it, it was that he was going to have to advocate for himself. It kind of was like, I don't know where the If he the was feeling sick, he was going is. to have to tell the teacher, I need oh, okay. to go to the office. Yes. And he couldn't remember how to get to the office. It was a new school. He couldn't remember how to get to the office the back way from his classroom. So we're trying to teach him and train yeah. him. It's okay to go up uh -huh. to your teacher and ask, um, where where, can you at? point me in the right direction? And that for him just how he's wired and his personality. It was really hard. That for him. is really hard for him, just like it was for me. Mm -hmm. For our seven-year-old, she's piping she up in the background. Him. She goes, I go to the office oh, all the time. I'll tell you exactly what they do. She was telling him where to go, that there's a couch you get to lay on. She's like, there's this great couch in there. <laughs> and she was like advocating for herself. Like she has, She's more like her dad. She has no problem, no problem. overly advocating yeah. for her needs. But yeah, it was a beautiful reminder of, of how you've helped our kids advocate for themselves. But yeah. Coming from that place but of suffering. You and Elizabeth says something key is, is you said something, I think, about giving them a vocabulary or giving them words. And I think this is really important. So you're helping Duke to actually understand and value his feelings that he's mm -hmm. he's trying to put words to. And that's just that. And even teaching him that before Jesus, he is uniquely and beautifully made just as he is. Mm -hmm. He's a child of God. He's mm. much loved. And that gives him the strength to be able to say what I feel is important. And I think yeah. that's Yeah. Think and that's and maybe, to, maybe to bring yeah. us back a little bit to the goal, you know, it all... One yep. of the things we're really passionate about at Intentional is that we we do we root everything just in the Bible. We believe that the Bible is mm -hmm. inspired word of God. And so we we live our lives out of it. It's a ton of the book. And this is a great moment to say, if you don't have the book, Raising Passionate Jesus Followers, go to Amazon.com or to our website, IntentionalParents.org to pick up the book. Um, uh, this is a, a curated uh, space where we can actually, you can actually read the book, go through it. It's really helpful. But um, this all starts in the foundation of the scripture. And and Phil, mm -hmm. one of the things that you guys do at your conference, which is, uh, I think, beautiful that we we always do at conferences, is start with the great Shema. For those who don't know what that is, would you kind of like walk us through yeah. the foundation? Yeah. yeah, I will. But first, 
you know, this is like a Comer family gathering. You can't get a word in here. I've been wanting to say something about values. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking and you were talking and you were talking. It's classic. This so, is, welcome the, to the family, everyone. Well, no, no. Words. A typical Comer family yes, is. conversation is everybody talking over <laughs> everybody yes. the time. entire time. So it's actually, beautiful. I feel like we're doing a pretty good job yeah. reining it in. <laughs> and and I am not able to hear what's really going on because you can't hear that well. But um, Elizabeth mentioned in our conference, we have this little exercise, circle your top five values. And you said, Brooke, before we can teach our kids, uh, what we want their values to be, we have to ask ourselves, what are my values? Yeah. And that's really what that exercise is, where the, the mom and the dad circle their top five values, the, the five most important things to them that they would hope to pass on to their kids. But I think there's another step there that whenever I list my values, it would be good to then say, are these important to God? Are these, yeah. are these God's values? Because sometimes we can think something's really important, but when we step back and look at it in the light of eternity or in light of, of the Lord, it's it's maybe, you know, it's maybe been taken too far or whatever. Like a desire to be secure and make enough money to take care of my family can turn into, mm. I want to get lots of money because yeah. I'm actually pressing my security and money. Where the Bible yeah. says wealth can makes itself like wings and flies away. So is my security <laughs> there in the Lord. Are you in something. some way indicating that perhaps my value of having the sink clean all the time is not really matching? <laughs> yeah, God's absolutely. Nowhere? I mean, speaking about the husband that's married to the woman that has to vacuum herself out of the house, so it's absolutely perfect. I mean, come on. Might be taking yeah. things a little far. No, but, so, but your house so, is always beautiful. And so. my value to have fun and hang out with Matthew, who's my errand runner, but now I have a new one, Scarlett. You know, you're Scarlett. Scarlett. She's, yes. she's like, Run where's the next party? Day. Let's go. But um, I think that um, it's good that we think through this whole area of values, but some of them are are values that we know are important to God. Like we want we want our kids to know how to work because work is a gift from God. Yes. Yeah. And how to have a servant's heart at work, how to go the extra mile. Well Jesus talked about that in Luke 17. Yeah. You know, that if we only do what we've been asked to do, we're unworthy servants. We we should go the extra mile and look yes. for what needs to be done. And so so I think some of our values where we want our kids to work hard or we want them to care about others, you know, those are our biblical ones too. And I think it's important. Anyway, back to the goal. Yeah. So values though can get in the way if you're not careful. Mm. Um, some of them are neutral, but sometimes they can get in the way of of the most important thing, which is your goal. So the great Shema, uh, when is really the place we begin when we're teaching our parenting conferences. Let's begin where God begins with us as his kids, because we're, once we follow Jesus, we're, we're following him and his goal is to bring us to the father and to be with him forever. But Deuteronomy six, so God's speaking to his people here, here, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. And then here's the command. You shall love the Lord, your God. And by the way, here, O Israel, listen, and my wife has done some study on this. It's listen with the intent to obey. So listen, hero Israel, listen with the intent to obey. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart. So he tells the parents this command to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It needs to be on your heart. But then he immediately turns to the parents and, so Deuteronomy 6, 7, you shall teach them diligently to your sons. Hmm. obviously in your daughters and she'll talk of them when you sit in your house when you walk by the way when you lie down and when you rise up or we'd say when you're driving in the car when you're doing life yeah. it's not a sunday thing only it's not enough to just bring your kid to church on sunday and figure that's enough they're going to hear a bible yeah. verse and go home no it has to be a 24 7 thing you have to make it your top priority you have to know this is my goal because if you don't know what your goal is 
you, you don't know where you're headed. So it's, it's what's that adage? You, the old adage, um, if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every time, you know, <laughs> you know, and somebody yeah. else said everybody ends up somewhere, but only a few get there on purpose. The ones that get there on purpose, are the ones that know this is my goal. So if my goal is that my kids will love the Lord God with all their hearts and mind and strength, then I need to make sure that that's happening in my life so that they're seeing that in me and seeing that in our marriage and feeling that in our home. And then we talk about it in just everyday life yeah. as things come up, you know, well, what do you think the Lord would want us to do? You know, maybe, maybe you need to forgive your brother. Well, yeah. why? <laughs> well, because <laughs> Jesus has forgiven us everything, yes. you know, and it becomes this beautiful conversation, yes. but this is, is your goal. Yes. It's the same goal that God has for us. And then it goes on to say, you know, uh, even put it on the doorpost of your house. Yeah. In other words, this is like the center of, of who we are yeah, as the foundation. people of God, the family of God, and marriage centered on him and kids following him. Yeah. And even though this is our goal, there are no guarantees. So I think that's yeah. really important that we just make sure that we add in here. This is my goal. This is what I want to see happen in my children's lives. But I don't know that it's going to happen by the time they're 16. Hmm. Many kids have to walk or do walk away from God for a period of their lives. But you're never, it never, you never lose sight of the goal. That's what you're still hoping and praying for in your children. Yeah. Each child has to make their own decision is whether they're going to make that the goal of yeah. their life too. And yeah. I think one of the things that, you know, as the goal, and you're talking about the great Shema, I know it's something we try to do in our home. And I, I think this has been a fun, it's been a really easy way to just always talk about Jesus is how many things that your kids come to you with um, that are either some big things, but I mean, as a seven-year-old, your your world is not too complex. <laughs> um, it's usually little things, but we we often will, even if they're really small things, we just pause and pray. So when our kids come and they ask, like, uh, as an example, like, Dad, I really want to like do this thing, or I really need, I'm really nervous about school. We just stop and we just pray about all mm -hmm. everything. It mm -hmm. takes thirty seconds, um, and. Every time uh, now at this point, like our kids know what's about to happen and they're kind of they kind of get annoyed. Like, I know we're going to pray about it. Mm -hmm. But what's cool is not every prayer is answered. Right. But of course not. But there there are a lot that are. And what's yeah. cool when they are is we just take another 30 seconds to say, look, like God literally yeah. answered your prayer. You said something you requested. He's there. He's present with you. And now we've been catching our, our I caught our seven year old the other day literally closing her eyes and praying in the back seat that we would be able to go to like some music thing she wanted to go to. And we ended up saying no, so God didn't uh -huh. answer that prayer. But uh -huh. like I, I turn around and she, her eyes are closed and her hands are folded. And I'm like, sweetheart, what are you doing? She's like, just praying that we would go to the thing tonight. <laughs> and it was a, it was a just cool praying that we'll say yes to certain things. Yeah. But hey, she's so starting still, somewhere. Yeah, so we're failing in other many areas, but I think it's just one of those um, – just to give some hope or, or some perspective, that's just one of the easy ways we've found yeah, to just small. incorporate yeah. Jesus in the everyday moments. Because I mean, how many moments in our life as adults, I can't even say how many times a day, I come across a stress moment, a worry, a fear, an anxiety. Um, and and I try to do the same thing. Jesus, I don't know what to do this, but here you go. Mm -hmm. And and that's something that we can pass along to our kids. It takes very little time and it's a foundation that I think we're gifting them a goal, really. We're, we're helping instill the goal when we do that kind of stuff with them. Mm -hmm. um, Phil and Diane, maybe to just kind of sum up this, this conversation today, thank you so much for it. And Elizabeth, thank you for your wisdom. Uh, really, what would, if, if there's a takeaway today, what would you want to just give to some of the parents or some of the families listening as a perspective of hope um, or just kind of a takeaway for today? And can I add to that question, kind of give you two questions to end us with? 
to the person listening or the couple listening who, you know, we've both mentioned that it's we've been easily on the same page, Brooke and I and you guys, with what the main goal is. And you've differed mm-hmm. on the values, mm-hmm. but the goal has been the same. To the couple listening that maybe getting on the same page with the goal has been mm-hmm. difficult mm-hmm. or they feel like, you know, maybe the wife is listening and, and they're all in, they're ready for this. And maybe the husband's halfway there. What um, w- what can you leave them with as kind of a starting point of beginning that conversation to try mm-hmm. to get on the same page with mm-hmm. the goal? Because everything we're going to talk about, even on future podcasts, kind of stems from that, kind of mm-hmm. assuming in some senses that we have that like-minded goal mm-hmm. and that we're parenting in that direction. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to the parents who are struggling to get in, on that same page with the goal? And what can you kind of leave us with, as Brooke said? Well, I think the most important thing between a husband and wife, and it often is the wife who may be more spiritually alert, that seems to be more of a pattern, although it can be the opposite, or just be more eager to jump in with all of her heart, mind, soul, and strength and want this for her children, is to just, if you can have those conversations in the most honoring and respectful way possible, thereby opening up a lot of space for each other to really think honestly and clearly instead of feeling like they're being, you know, just pegged into something that maybe they are not where they're not there yet. You know, if it can be gentle, I, there's a, a verse talking about Jesus and it was in controversial times where the, where he turned the conversation around and the people, it says, marveled at the graceful words that fell from his mouth. Mm-hmm. And I think Luke gosh, 4, 22. Okay. So so I love that I feel call Phil my walking by Phil's finding it right now. Sure he knows exactly where it is. Right. It's a Bible that, dictionary over here. I love it. Yeah. Those and, should mm-hmm. those conversations should be so grace filled and so gracious that your husband or wife should marvel at the graceful words that came out of your mouth. And um and also just when we use good words, hope-filled words, if we're not on the exact same page, it just gives each other a whole lot of space. Yeah. So I agree that getting on the same page with this is important, but it's okay if you're at different degrees. You're headed yeah. in the same direction, yeah. but you might not be exactly there yet. Respect that in each other and yeah. um, and and try and help each other along in that, I guess is the main thing I would say. But I, the hope I would give is is that what Phil already said, God is already wanting this for your son and daughter. Mm. So the fact that you are being awakened to wanting it as well just means that you're joining his team and and he's really able then to start a story of faith in your family that will be beautiful, not flawless, not without hurt, not without pain, but beautiful and this morning, I was reading once again in Matthew, and we, we read the Beatitudes, and sometimes the words in jo- Matthew chapter 5 are confusing, but in the New Living kind of tries to put those words into more ordinary language. And Matthew 5 verse 3 says, God blesses those who realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is given to them. That's hope. That's hope. If you as a parent are thinking, I, I have no idea how to do this, and neither does my husband. We're not even really on the same page. We can't even really talk about this yet. And you go and you say, I need you. 
Jesus, I just need you. I yeah, no chance in the world that I can develop in my child a heart that beats after God. Yeah. He yes. loves that prayer. Yeah. And it's like Such instant. The kingdom of heaven is like there yes. in that moment. And, the and that's where it comes and just. He's going to do this. Yes, he's going to do it in surprising yeah. ways. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If this was helpful to you, we always encourage you to share it with someone. You can always follow us on Instagram at intentional underscore parents or on our website, intentionalparents.org. And also, if you enjoyed today's episode or it spoke to you in any specific way, would you do us a favor and please leave a review on iTunes? This helps us bring more hope, help, and healing for families. Thank you for listening.